Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. I don't know which way my intonation went during that. That was like a new... I think I unlocked like a new move in Pokemon just then. <laughs> it had no effect. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah, yeah. It's a, I just used a, a normal type move against Ghastly. Um, you splash against me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What, great video game content already. Can you believe it? We're so on brand. Um, so hey, anyway, I'm, back to my EV training guide. Uh, if you want defense, <laughs> you gotta hunt Geo dudes. Ooh, Geo dudes. I um, I'm still playing Slater <laughs> Dungeon two. I just wanted to mention that at the top because I mentioned it yeah. as like a like a fun little thing in the break uh, last week, and and a bunch of people in the Discord downloaded it and have been talking about it a little bit. Yeah, I I was a little bit dismissive of my own love of that game because it's an incremental game uh, and it's an idle game, but boy. Is it really working for me still? I'm on the eighth or ninth dimension right now. It definitely ramps up in difficulty and it becomes more of a turn-based combat like RPG situation the further in you get. Um, Mm. Because as you're like, just to, as a quick refresher, essentially the whole idea is you're hiring a bunch of like heroes in different classes and then you send them into a dungeon that has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of floors. And the whole idea is that the game is kind of playing itself. You can put it in auto mode and they'll just like do all their attacks um, for you so you don't really have to watch it or whatever you could just check in every once in a while and see how far they got but the final bosses of each of the dimensions get harder and harder and harder and harder to the point where you really have to turn auto mode off and like be very specific about what your team comp is what items you're equipping on who and what attacks you're doing when mm. I was stuck on the sixth dimension specifically uh, for like three or four days which was kind of wild because i was like flying through the game until that point um yeah so just like a second recommendation for soda dungeon 2 because like man is it way better than i thought it was going to be the further <laughs> and i've gotten i already liked it at the beginning but it's getting like yeah. better and better and better that reminds me a lot of um persona 3 actually where like there is a point in the game because in that game you only control the main character directly and everyone else is controlled by an ai oh wow um, yeah so you but you can give them like tactics but like up until a certain point you don't really you can just let them act freely but there is one boss that like i literally could not be until i was very strategic with like okay this person needs to focus entirely on this role and it gets very specific too which is interesting um yeah passing persona 3 recommendation but anyway <laughs> uh soda dungeon 2 is the persona 3 of ios is what we're trying to say here definitively yeah. back of the box quote <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm afraid to look at what our back of the box quotes have been over the course of our 100 episodes <laughs> for all the games we've loved um anyway uh i've also been playing a lot of the games we brought up last episode uh serendipitously i uh i think i've said this before on the show but i truly don't believe that you have to or should finish every game you pick up but i do keep track of games that i that i either love enough or feel like i should see through to the end maybe for narrative reasons so i know last time we talked about cross code and oracle of seasons and ages and those are games that i've been like putting more and more time into uh so it's been fun and i'll probably revisit those at some point but today it's a very special episode. We're talking about a new game once again, back yeah. to the current reality. This is this is the sports episode. Can you believe it? <laughs> episode one hundred and one. We're changing I... things up. It's all sports from yeah. here on out. Yeah, it's all sports. Uh, uh, in that, <laughs> this is. I really wanted to find. A th- I, I kind of wish that I hadn't played Golf Story until now because that would have been the perfect like mm. third entry to this sports episode. But this is about as sports centric as Into the Aether, I guess, will ever get. Yeah, probably. Although honestly, I'm always down. Like I, I, 
I have played the FIFA games. Like I, I have like would want to be interested in sports games. I just, I've never had a strong interest in sports. It's not from a negative place. It's just from a place of like, there has no, there's, there's no interest planted yet. I can see that changing. I, I definitely have a passing interest in both racing Sims every once in a while. And also the NBA games in particular, like the 2k series. I find that every mm, once in a while, yeah. the 2K series is like really incredible. I, in terms of like real life sports, I tend to not watch like any on TV or anything, but I do really love going to see hockey and basketball live. Oh, I think both yeah. of those sports are like really fun to watch oh, live. And the sure. NBA 2K series like really captures that feeling for me of like going to see a basketball game live. So that that's like the only sports series that I like will check out every couple of years. I usually, you know, because they're so incremental in their updates generally, um, kind of like a Call of Duty situation, but like maybe even more incremental than Call of Duty, because at least they're like putting a new story and stuff in there. Um, I'll check out the 2K games like every like four or five years just about which yeah. like, does mean that i'm coming up on checking out another one soon which uh, should be fun and i'll talk about that when i do that i'd definitely be into getting whatever the new one is on ps5 honestly i was a big fan of nba street and nfl street those two games were like yeah, really great same yeah yeah totally um and obviously like a good golf game uh I, there's been a weird resurgence in like kind of dada golf games lately with yeah. like golf on golf mars, on mars yeah. uh, what the golf and golf story all kind of like poking fun. Cause I think golf is like, for whatever reason, golf seems like the sport they figured out to make a video game and have just stuck to that yeah. for forever. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you checked meter. out everybody's golf very briefly and, and bounced off it pretty hard. But I would, I, I played yeah, way more of that yeah. game than you did, but I do think that that is also in that same line of like, it's definitely a golf game, but man, is it weird? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it had, I, I got it because I wanted to check out this sort of like Wii Sports energy it was exuding. Yeah. Um, big Wii it's like a little energy. bit more nightmarish in some ways. Uh, there's, a, <laughs> there's an opening cutscene to everybody's golf that I had to watch because I was like, this might be good to talk about on the show. It's like the opening scene of everybody's golf is so needlessly intense. There's like a whole <laughs> original song. It's amazing. Look yeah. it up. Uh, it's very, very bizarre. But yeah, I, I'm sure that game is fun if I put more time into it. But I, I just sort of was like, okay, I think I get it. Yeah. The way, you, the way you described your experience playing it to me was it was five in the morning and I rocketed out of bed and started playing everybody's golf, which I'm sure is not what the developers intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is not the game designed for like, hey, can you not sleep? And is it dusk? Well, put this one on <laughs> and hear like weird jazz as you make a nightmare golfer and uh, run around. Yeah. The only um, game you're supposed to play at that time is Kentucky Red Zero. Uh, for real. I should have replayed uh, the entertainment. Yeah. Anyway, today we are talking about a very exciting game. Uh, uh, our sports episode here it is. We're talking about Fall Guys um, Ultimate Knockout. Is that the subtitle? I think it is. Yeah. I can't believe we're yeah. talking about games that are so fucking in the zeitgeist today. But Fall Guys is, is yeah. so in the zeitgeist. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about what Fall Guys is? Describe the video yeah. game. It's a turn-based RPG where you play as a, a bunch of soda junkies not- going through <laughs> hundreds of floors of dungeons to fight the Dark Lord, who starts a corporation in Dimension 7 uh, and decides to hire you as a contractor to train his minions to become more powerful for Dimension 8. Right, exactly. So that's, you know, in the zeitgeist right now uh, with all the kids. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Fall Guys, talking about serendipity, it is made by the same team who made uh, Gears Pop, uh, your your famous legacy, <laughs> beloved game. I will try anything. 
<laughs> is that a threat, a challenge, or an epitaph? <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> I will try anything. Come on. Peanuts pop? Let's do it. <laughs> oh, my God. That was when I re- I was like, I don't know what the deal is with like Funko Pop getting the rights to everything. When I saw like Snoopy and Charlie Brown, I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> what, yeah. like what? Like, am I going to get the critic Funko Pop figures? <laughs> like how many <laughs> obscure series are they going to get? Yeah. Anyway, am I going to get the person who lives in apartment 14B in my block <laughs> as a Funko Pop? I do. I, my theory on Funko Pop stands. I don't. I don't dislike them, but I think no matter if you like them or not, everyone ends up with three to five somehow. Like, yes, you, no, you don't have a choice. I have actually like the ones I have. I have a Riker one, which was on sale, and it was like dramatically on sale. It's like two ninety nine sale stickers all over. I'm like. I need to not only get this Riker Funko Pop because I love Riker, but because it's on sale, because yeah. he's so underloved. Um, I also have a Lion Cat Funko Pop from Saga, uh, the comic series. I love it. Oh, that. nice. I have, um, I, the only one I've ever bought for myself was Farah from Overwatch because, yeah. and this is actually my problem with Funko Pops in general, is that that was the only piece of Farah merch that existed when Overwatch came out. Um, and I was like mm. such a Farah main and I was like such a fan of that character design that I was like, I want something Farah related. And that was literally the only thing you could buy for like years, <laughs> which was like so sad. Um, and then I, I was gifted Doc and Marty from um, Back to the Future because that's also the name of my two cats or Doc and Marty. Um, and through working at Marvel, um, I have acquired every single vision that has ever been made as a Funko Pop. They've had like eight different versions of Vision and I have all of them on my desk at the office that I'll probably never go back to. They're waiting for you. They become sentient in the meantime. They become sentient, um, yeah. They're doing my job for me. It's pretty sick. Uh, my friends also, last thing about Funko Pop, but I swear we'll talk about Fall Guys. But uh, two very close friends of mine, <laughs> they, they actually have Funko Pops of their cats. They got like custom ones. So they made their cats, which is a really cool thing. My favorite thing about this episode already, by the way, is that we definitely have like a much more low key vibe than we've ever had, but it has not stopped us from going way too deep into like Funko Pops and, and bullshit that is not video games. Okay, Fall Guys, what is it? Well, it's in the zeitgeist, okay? And it is a game that is weirdly like when you open the game, the menu to me immediately evoked Fortnite in, in the layout at least. Um, where you have like, you know, start game and then the, the tab over is your like locker of all your different emojis or, you know, emotes and, and cosmetics and appearances. And then you go over one and then there's a store and a battle pass. So like it, it's structured the same way, which I think is I bring up because I think the game is is kind of molding itself around like a lot of sort of free to play games, big ones like Fortnite. But the game itself is almost the cosmic opposite, where uh, you play as like a very uh, Kirby meets the Grimace kind of character, uh, (laughs) where they're kind of like a Teletubby um, creature with a very minimalist face. You can customize them. It does look like Kirby inhaled Grimace. And this is the the Grimace costume Kirby wears in Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. I wonder what his B is. But anyway... (laughs) <laughs> that's a, that's a different episode. I can't go on that chicken path. nuggets. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, you literally <laughs> fall into a match, uh, 60 other people, and a a random level is chosen. I, I'm not quite sure if there's logic that's that like makes specific matches available for the first round. I think so. But regardless, you're thrown into a match that is some type of like obstacle course. Uh, so a lot of the first rounds that I've seen are uh, there's one where like there are a series of uh, a lo- one long linear path leading to the goal. And there are a series of doors that are like blocking off each kind of like yard of the of the path. And you can't tell which ones you can go through. So like everyone's slamming into doors, hoping it will be the one that breaks. And then, of course, some don't. And as you go further down the path, there are less and less doors. So what happens is like this chaos and this sort of risk reward choice in the moment of like, am I the one that tries to be a trailblazer and like just goes for this door, hoping it's the right one? Yeah. Uh, Or, you know, do I get trampled in this like chokehold of like, literally 60 grimace teletubbies trying to run through um, right we're only maybe 28 to 30 of them will actually move on to the next round so it's like right. a race to see who gets to the end first uh the another one is like they're they all kind of have i think you and i described it as like uh guts energy like the old nickelodeon show like yeah uh it's some type of race platform or obstacle obstacle course uh, with a finish line and and usually in the first round like the first 30 to 40 uh who make it qualify for the next round so it it, it weirdly like fortnite has this like you're all falling in to this elimination battle royale game but it's it the game itself is like a very universally fun and accessible platformer that like purposely is a little bit uh clumsy with the controls like you can only really jump once and like the biggest thing that i have had to learn is there's not fall damage but if you if you jump from high enough you like completely lose balance and you know that could be like yeah. you will fall like right on your face and then there's like a 10 to 15 second like stand up and kind of get right. your bearings <laughs> and that could be that long plays, enough which like yeah yes. that could be long enough that the entire population of this game you know is trying to run over you to the finish line so it's just like really like on on a surface level it it, it has the energy that like uh, a mario party mini game would have but with this sort of design and and structure of a mario platformer and i think it's really brilliant to take sort of like the superficial mold of a game like fortnite but change the genre so it's not like another you know another team-based or character-based shooting game but it's it's a platformer that like anyone could have fun with which i think is really cool yeah yeah the the thing that i find the most interesting about it is like fortnite comes out becomes the biggest game of all time pretty much and then immediately everybody sets out to make their own version of Fortnite, right? Everybody goes and tries and makes their own battle royale game. And you have some that are like more successful than others. Call of Duty Warzone has become like honestly a really successful version of that. But it is very much just like Call of Duty, but there's 100 people on a map. I, I'm like blanking thinking of all the other ones. I guess Ubisoft has Hyperscape coming out soon, which is just like kind of a more like frenetic um, vertical version of Fortnite, right? Where you're like jumping around a lot and it's like... It has this weird like virtual reality skin to it and they're like trying to build a story into it. Um, Apex yeah. Legends, things like that. But every version of it is still just like, you know, a hundred people drop onto an island and they shoot the fuck out of each other. And then the last person standing wins, which like is maybe the least interesting thing you can do with what Fortnite kind of uh, kind of popularized. And like, I guess PUBG is, is really the first one. I mean, if you're if you're looking at that. But point being, like everybody wanted a piece of the PUBG or Fortnite pie, essentially. And, and what they created 
while in some instances are like really fun and engaging games, like I have played and enjoyed Warzone, I have played and enjoyed Apex Legends. Um, and honestly, when Hyperscape comes out, I'm going to check it out and like maybe that'll be fun. Uh, but this is the kind of thing that I've always been kind of most interested in is like, how do you take an idea like this and adapt it into something that is, you know, borrowing some key concepts from Fortnite uh, namely the like large amount of people all trying to do a thing last person standing wins that doesn't involve uh, like just shooting as the verb you know like that yeah. that is I think the thing that Fall Guys like really nails is like this is maybe the first time we talked a long time ago I don't know if you even remember this like right when Apple Arcade came out there were a bunch of games and then the first game that came out after the initial launch of Apple Arcade was a game that I will never remember the name of, but it was essentially uh, it was essentially a, oh, a battle royale uh, game. Butter Royale. It was Butter Royale. You're right. Yeah, I don't know how I remember that. <laughs> that was incredible. Wow, Jesus. Um, oh, Butter Royale episode uh, 34B. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm a Trekkie <laughs> for our show, Brendan. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, that game was very literally again like everybody drops onto an island and they just tried to make it kid friendly or more kid friendly than Fortnite by making it so you like picked up a picked up a gun that shot ketchup or mustard, you know, or like you have a rocket launcher that shoots uh, baguettes or whatever. And like, they're like, oh, this is like the fun kid version of Fortnite. This is our all ages version, but it still involves like picking up a gun and shooting a fucking rocket launcher at somebody else. You know, like that's, that's not really like an adaptation of that idea for, for all ages. And I think Fall Guys is like the perfect game for like literally everyone because for people like you and I who play a lot of these games or at least check a lot of these games out, it's such a breath, a breath of fresh air to have this experience that is like not involving just fucking like aiming a reticle at somebody's head and then pressing R2, you know, the the idea that this game has three buttons that are jump, dive and grab somebody else in case you want to take them with you when you fall off the edge is like so joyous. And then it also has the added benefit of being like so great for kids, right? Like you could hand the controller over to your kid if you have one and like they would have a fucking great time with this. You would know exactly the kind of situation that they're going to get into. It really is like, uh, for lack of a better term, like firing on all cylinders from like the idea space i think i think it just like really nails everything it sets out to do um even down to like the main menus theme song is so good i just like leave it on in the background and just kind of like let it rock for a while um even though even the monetization i think is like a really interesting step forward you and i were trying to figure out because there's two currencies one of them are like these purple coins and you you get them uh by essentially just playing the game like the per- like the the quote unquote like premium currency that you're getting you can buy they're called kudos i think you can buy them if you want but you also get them by gaining experience so every time you play a game you will get a certain amount of experience and your experience points directly turn into the premium currency which is really great and then there's another premium currency called crowns which they will give you sometimes in the battle pass but the crowns this is what you and i are trying to figure out um, are actually gained by being first. If you win a game of Fall Guys, that is that crown that you get and put on your head when you win is the like most premium currency, and you can't buy it. You can only win it, um, which I think is like really cool. So like just by playing the game, you're getting the the premium currency, and by beating the game, you get the most premium currency, which is like way better than pretty much every other monetization scheme I've seen so far. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it's like, it just feels like kind of, uh, the, the battle royale Fortnite idea with like all the edges sanded off. So it is like the most fun, most joyous experience possible where like you always feel like you're progressing. You always feel like you can unlock something eventually. 
And and it does have that like similar Fortnite store where like you could buy new skins and like looks for your characters and stuff like that. Uh, and it's on like a couple hour rotation, like every five to six hours, like the entire store will rotate in and out. But again, because you're just like getting all these currencies through playing the game over and over again, it doesn't really feel as predatory to me as as a uh, Fortnite does, because I, I think Fortnite is like you can only get this skin this week and it costs you 30 fucking real human dollars, you know, to get this thing. Yeah. When you um, load Fortnite, I'm pretty sure the like new items of the week shows up before anything else, like before you even find the menu to play the game. Yeah. There's like three screens you have to get through to start to queue up for a game. And all yeah. of those three screens are ads for things that are in the store at the moment. Whereas whereas Fall Guys, I think like it's also really generous with how much you get. You know, like you get it all yeah. by playing the game. But I've only played the game maybe collectively for like two hours. And I've already purchased one of the skins using the purple coins. And I have enough to get the new one. So like yeah. you don't have to play much to get to get that. And, you know, it's... I, I uh, actually find a lot of value in, in being one of the few characters just literally in my underwear. So, like, you know, there's one <laughs> yeah. you and I both have where it looks like they're wearing, like, swim trunks. And I'm just wearing that while everyone else is, like, a big bad wolf. And I'm like, I can actually see where I am. So, that helps. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah, I think the PlayStation launch exclusive costume is, like, a big bad wolf costume. Uh, so, pretty much everybody yeah. is wearing that. Except for me. But yeah, it's it's really fun. And like, uh, you know, th- there's some server issues right now because so many people are playing. Actually, you and I looked this up because I think right now, like the opening weekend of the game had uh, more than a million players, right? It was like around yeah, like a little something over like a million. It was like a really wild number. Yeah. Yeah. And we looked up what Rocket League was, which was a similar kind of success story of like, or at least... The, the people making Fall Guys have cited Rock League, Rocket League success as like what they're aiming for. And Rocket League opened to maybe like a, like a few hundred thousand. So like I think I think it was like 100 to 150,000 players yeah. um, in their first like week. And Fall Guys had like, I think, five or six times that in the first weekend. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's because like both games are really fresh in terms of like how simple they are. And, and, and uh, you know, this sort of like immediate accessibility that that is coupled with like a learning curve of some sort um i mean as silly and as kind of like irreverent as the design of fall guys can appear a lot of the levels really do like even when i'm playing solo like i i find the same part of my brain lights up in a mario where like if i get the groove of like what the levels are like or what the design is like there's one level where you are on three rotating platforms that are cylindrical and you just have to stay on it and not fall off. It's a survival mode. And what you might do the first time is you might see uh, that there's a gap in the floor and you jump to the other one. But you quickly learn that like that kind of messes you up because you might fall or you might like... Yeah, you lose your lose traction any time you jump. Yeah. Um, so in that one, you learn like, okay, I just have to keep moving and actually not jump. Um, and, and there's a lot of stuff like that where you actually learn how the game wants you to play the level in a really intuitive way. But couple that with with the with the you know spice of 40 other players and you have this kind of like really fun chaos that kind of heightens every level um i think that this game is also like weirdly weirdly gets to like uh uh this like macro view of like 
of of just like uh city planning and like just like issues that can arise like with design like one of the most <laughs> evil levels is a road of seesaws and what almost always happens is everyone is jumping on one side of the seesaw and and slipping off and dying and the seesaw is literally so weighed down by the like wave of fall guy death that it is completely vertical so there's no way anyone can cross. And I just find myself standing on the edge being like, if we're, if we, we can't all go for the same thing. Otherwise we all lose. Yeah. Uh, you have a lot of those weird moments where like you just see like what the wrong move is for the group, not only for you, but like, and this is not a game about working together at all. In fact, it's the opposite, but you do see how sometimes like even outside of your own actions, the, the, the sort of like actions of the pack are like this individual force that that can either help or hurt you as you navigate this obstacle course. Uh, yeah. I, I find that really fascinating. One of my favorite things about it was you, you and I. So I had played for a couple hours, like right when it came out, and then um, you checked it out. I think the next day, and you and I played it for like maybe like two or three straight hours. Yeah, um, which I didn't even realize it had been that long. By the way, I, I meant to I meant to text you afterwards, but like we started playing at like I think five and stopped playing around eight. That that time just like zipped by. But I yeah. noticed that in those three hours, you and I got better at the game. Which like this doesn't feel like a game you should be able to get better at, but you absolutely right. do. Uh, yeah, because you start to learn things like that, and and you start to see the same games coming up every once in a while. And like, you know, okay, when this game comes up, like this is the hardest one in the game. And like, I'm going to really need to like do this, this, this and this to be able to get by it. Um, But the one the one trip up, I think always that will always exist. um, Talk about working together with people are the team based ones, which I think show up if if too many people make it past one that they think they were able to eliminate more people from. But then like enough people make it through it. What they'll do is split all the remaining people up into teams then there are a couple team-based games. So, like, there's one where uh, there are these giant soccer balls on a field and you and another team have to just try and score as many points as you can in five minutes by, like, all just essentially sprinting and then throwing yourself at these giant soccer balls to try and get them to roll towards each other's goals. Um, and it is, like, so brutally difficult to do. Yeah. It is so hard. What was the other one that you and I did? Oh, there was another one where it was it, everyone was split into three teams. So I think it was three teams of 10. So there were 30 people left still. Uh, and and essentially there were a bunch of like bouncy balls kind of like bouncing around. And you had to have as many of these bouncy balls in your team's area as possible. They split the whole arena into into three. Uh, and that that is like, OK, you have to send some people out for offense. You have to keep some people on your side for defense like there's just so much stuff that happens on a whim that like you can't communicate with anyone. You know, you can't communicate with the other people on your team at all. And your only actions, again, are jump, dive and grab. The, the team based stuff is really, really difficult. And it's like very make or break. But at the same time, at the end of the day, like winning and losing does not matter at all in this game. Like I, it is so fun at all times that like it's one of the rare games that I am so fine with losing in because I could just reload immediately. And because the game's format is like minigame, 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 when you eventually do lose one and you just start another round, like you're just back in the minigame, minigame, minigame cycle. So it doesn't feel like you're loaded. I mean, the thing that drives me fucking crazy about Fortnite and everything else like it is like, okay, I'm queuing up for this thing. A hundred people need to join. I'm hanging out in like the pre-island area where you're like hanging out and and there's just all this fucking preamble that takes forever. It takes so long to load into any uh, battle royale game that exists right now. All of them take forever to load into. 
Um, even the ones with huge player bases, there's still this like kind of preload and then you're in the bus and you're picking where you're going to land. And then it takes you like a couple minutes to land. And then like the problem that you and I always had with Apex Legends is like you and I run around and just like collect loot for 15 to 20 minutes. And then we like get shot and killed by the first people we run into. And it's like we didn't even play Apex Legends. We didn't play the game at all the whole time, you know, yeah. and we'll just have round after round of that. Fall Guys just being this like minigame, minigame, minigame format means that you're always playing it the whole time. Um, There's there's never downtime unless you're hanging out in the menu and you've chosen to have downtime. And I think that that's like a really powerful uh, boon for this game. Like it really it really makes it feel like a more active and exciting thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's a great point. it's awesome, man. It's so it's so good. Fall Guys, yeah, it's, is, it's, Fall Guys is amazing. I love it so much. It's definitely like, you know, we recommend a lot of stuff on the show. This is one that I think I can safely recommend to everyone. Like, you will yeah. have a blast with this game. Um, here's here's the thing that I think is worth noting, because you, you mentioned Rocket League and the like and the and the templatized version of the Rocket League launch. Um so so the deal with this game right now is like Rocket League, it launched on I think Steam and also console exclusive to PlayStation by being a PlayStation Plus game. So it launched as a free game for people who have a subscription to PlayStation Plus. Um, That worked out really well for Rocket League because that game came out just built up a ton of buzz, like the huge streaming audience around that game, especially as people started to figure it out and get really good at it. Like it just became this like kind of like Olympian spectacle to watch people play Rocket League at a high level. Um, and all that was really doing was like building up hype for it to launch elsewhere. Right. So when it launched on Xbox and it launched on Switch and, and stuff like that, um, it, it was paid. It was a paid game. Right. So like you weren't getting it for free like you were getting for, for PlayStation Plus um, for that first month. And also, if you missed it in that first month for PS Plus, like you had to buy it to have it on PS4. And, and that game became wildly successful because of that. And I think this game like really does nail exactly that same thing. We're like launching it on PS Plus first means a ton of people are playing it for free, streaming it, like building up a lot of hype for it. Eventually, it won't be free anymore on PS Plus, which means if you play it on PS4, you'll have to buy it and then it'll get ported to other consoles and then people will buy it then. Like, I think this game is has that path to success laid out before it. Um, yeah. And, and I, th- I think it's going to be wildly successful. And I'm yeah. kind of, I'm just like kind of really stoked about that. I, I'm really glad to see something like this cool and this interesting, um, like figure out that that path. I do think there's like some I'm starting to feel shittier and shittier about Sony's exclusivity side of things. And, and, sure. and yeah. some of the deals they're cutting are like actively bumming me out. I, I do think that this in particular is great for a game like this. You know, there are a lot of people who talk about like, oh, because my game launched on Game Pass, like I was able to sell through like X more copies or like they gave me the money. Like I, I signed the deal saying that I would be on Game Pass. So Xbox gave me the money I needed to be able to finish it or add this thing to it that I think like really kind of like let me fulfill my vision. Um, and I think I think that this game launching on PlayStation Plus is a very similar thing. Uh, and, I, and I'm totally. really excited to see what's next because they keep tweeting their their Twitter presence is like really on point. Um, and they keep tweeting about like what's coming next. They're adding new costumes, they're adding new mini games, they're adding like a bunch of stuff. They said they're adding new game modes, which like I don't even know what that could mean, but I'm excited to find <laughs> out. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really cool, man. It 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 feels like it'll stick around for a long time, and it'll be such an easy game to dip into and out of, you know. Which I think, oh yeah, is is much harder to say about every other battle royale game. Well, because I think too, like a, a lot of these games are competing for your time, and they want you to be playing this game and this game alone. I think I think Fall Guys, yeah. by by nature of it being so quick, is like 
it knows that you've got other shit going on. At least that's how I feel. You know, like it, I don't think Fall Guys, even though we played it for three hours because we're monsters, uh, you know, like I think it's the kind of game you can just pick up, play for a bit with friends, and then call it. You know, and you can call it whenever yeah. you feel like. Um, because, like you said, you are actively playing so often. I do want to point out too. Um, I mean, this is all subjective, obviously, but. Even at full price, it is $20. So, like, I, I, I'm glad that it also has, like, a lower price of entry, at least, you know, in the yeah. grand scheme of things. And, yeah, it's it's really lovely. And, it, and I think the thing that I am amazed by as I play it is the design. You know, I think, like, this is a game that could feel really loose and real goofy and, like, okay, this is fun for five minutes, but, like, is there actually, like, meat here? You know, like, is there, yeah. is there like, design? And I, and I think, like, if you took out the chaos... If, if you played all these levels single player, like the platforming ones, they would be good levels still, you know? Yeah. So you have, you have this like well-designed, uh, aggro crag, global guts, obstacle courses that are heightened by the, the mania of 60 other people doing the same thing. Um, yeah. I mean, God, the, the slime time level is, is harder than anything I've ever played in a game. I've never yeah. like that. And I think having that kind of pageantry of like, cause it's rent, you know, when you beat a mini game, it like kind of cycles through which ones are going to be next. And there's always either like a sigh of relief. Like, Oh, okay. Like once you play enough, like, okay, I can do this one. I can deal with. And then other yeah. times it's like, <laughs> I can't believe it's slime time. Like we're all dead. Like it was nice knowing you We're we got to start over. Uh, yeah, just to explain real quick, slime time is this. <laughs> I think it's called slime time. Is it, this level where you have to make your way up essentially like a mountain, um, a mountain of obstacle courses or like different obstacles. So like there's blocks trying to push you off. There's like giant like swinging spike balls that you need to like jump over gaps and avoid the the swinging spikes. Um, but all the while there's there's a layer of slime that's rising up. And if the, if you are not fast enough, you will fall into the slime. The problem is, or the problem with this game, but like the reason I think they'll probably keep it forever, even though everybody complains about how hard it is. Um, <laughs> the problem with it is that the obstacle course is really hard and it's really small. So it's like almost impossible for like generally when you get that one, there's 40 or 30 people left. So there's like still a lot of people there and it's way too narrow for all of those people to make it. So people are like spilling over the sides at all times yeah. into the slime. Uh, or if you try and take your time and you say, I'm going to let all these people rush and like force themselves to do a chokehold and, and fall over the sides. And then I'll hang back a little bit and I'll just like kind of make my way through it at my own leisure. You can't do that either because of the rising slime. Yeah. So there's really no path to victory in that you game. You have to be perfect. Yeah. It, it, you yeah. have to be. I got to like the the... <laughs> I was playing. I was playing on my own just because I wanted to see how the game played solo. Because I had played it with you, I had played with a couple yeah. other friends and other people, and I was like, "What? How does this feel?" So it's still really fun. It's still a really good time. Yeah, it's I, it's definitely better with friends, but it, it's it works a standalone game too. But I, as I was playing Slime Time, I got to like the second highest level of it. And I said out loud to, I guess, everyone or no one. I was like, this took everything I had. (laughs) This took took all of me. All of me. Why not take all of me? Um, And I still lost. Uh, so yeah, slime time. But I, 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 I hope they never get rid of it because it is so funny when it is slime time. You know, and you're like, God yeah, damn it, it's, it's slime time. Yes, you it's know? important to have the level that everybody hates because, yeah. like, 
they don't they don't hate it because it's unfair they hate it because it's too hard and eventually people will get good at it but like it is creating more of that like kind of virality to the game that like not only do you have to be in the know in a way to like be playing and this trust me dear listener this piece of this conversation is going to apply itself very heavily to the next game we're talking about but anyway you kind of have to be in the know to be like checking out fall guys and playing it and whatever but you have to be even more in the know to like have that like collective moment that everybody has when slime time shows up it's like oh here it goes we're all fucked you know like (laughs) slime time opens up and you see people just jump off the sides immediately to die instead of even trying it you know like that that's part of like the cultural zeitgeisty fun of fall guys are those kinds of challenges being introduced i mean it's gone so far as i think uh fanbite.com which is slowly becoming like one of my favorite websites but anyway they they did an interview with the mediatonic developers who made the slime time level um i don't even remember if it's actually is it called slime time is that the name i'm pretty sure and if not i i want it to be called slime time yeah it's a great name for it it's perfectly specific and menacing so yeah. anyway, yeah. At, at launch of the game, Fanbyte reached out to the developers. They're like, we want to talk to the people that made the slime time level just to like ask what the fuck, <laughs> essentially. That was launch day that that article went up yeah. because immediately like that level created such such a maybe a negative version of it, but such hype and fervor around it that like it became the thing that everybody was latching onto. Like not only is this game really fun, but there's this one mini game wrapped up in all the other ones. The, the one that you opened this conversation with. Uh, the one with all the false doors, I think it's called DoorDash, um, is like easily my favorite one because you just have 60 people throwing themselves at walls and you just watch like like 30 people just like slam up against the wall thinking that it's going to be a door. It's so fun every single yeah. time. It's just like a dream. It's fun in the way gambling is fun. Cause it's like, okay, like <laughs> I know that I might slam my head against this door, but it might also, I might be the first one to open this path and everyone else will follow me yeah. to the to the, to ascension. Um, I was thinking about <laughs> when they interviewed the developers about Slime Time, but they're like, yeah, you know, well, we're, we're big FromSoft fans, so we let them design one level. <laughs> we just called it there. <laughs> when you get to the top, you have to fight Lady Butterfly, and then, you know, uh, <laughs> as a fall guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was that was that was our constant joke whenever the they were like scrolling through all the levels. Yeah, it's just like, like <laughs> next up, gonna be sl- fill out your i nine. <laughs> next up, Al Father. Yeah, <laughs> fill out your i nine just as a fall guy, like, throwing yourself on tax documents. Go to the yeah, DMV. You have to hold R two to hold onto the pen and run around and try uh, <laughs> try and fill in your social security number. <laughs> I gotta go to the DMV, <laughs> but it's filled with slime. <laughs> Amazing. Do you have more to say about Fall Guys, or should we move on? That's pretty much it. I mean, I, I, I definitely am having a great time with it. I think it's a re- like you said, it's a breath of fresh air. I'm excited to play more of it. It's a really it's fun. It's gonna time. stick around. It's hard to like say anything really specific about it, other than that it's good and fun, and uh, the slap bass <laughs> is great. There are some songs that sound like they're right out of Splatoon, which I mean is a compliment. But there is yeah. a song that has like a chorus of inklings going like, ha, me, be ma. Like, I wonder, like, this is yes. like a Splatoon collab, isn't it? Yeah, it really does anyway, sound like yeah. it. Fall Guys, great game. I'm excited for more. I'm excited to fall head first through the door, baby. We have so many games on our 
2020 goatee contention list already it's wild oh, yeah like yeah. fall guys is in the list like it's in the list of like potential goatee candidates you know um totally i can't believe this this felt like a year where like as soon as march hit and like we all got sent home and whatever and people were like i don't know if we can still keep making games or releasing games or whatever like i thought that it was just gonna get cut off and that good stuff would stop coming out but i'm very glad that that's not the case i'm it's it's been really joyous and fall guys is a yeah. great addition to it it has been kind of a surreal year because March was like a really big month for a lot of releases that would probably have come out like in October or November. You know, yeah. like the fact that Final Fantasy VII Remake, Animal Crossing and Persona 5 are. Uh, and I guess at that time, uh, Cyberpunk was supposed to come out then, too. So like a, a lot of like end of the year games came out in March and other ones were delayed past that. So, yeah, it's cool to see more stuff coming out. Yeah. I'm very happy with it. All right, let's take a break and then uh, move on to the next thing (laughs) in our sports-centric episode. Slime time, baby. Goodbye. I'd like to talk about sports some more. We've already talked about Fall Guys. Let's talk about some more. Uh Uh-huh. Welcome back to the show. My name is (laughs) Brendan Bigley still. uh, Batter up. It's Steve. (laughs) (laughs) I go by Steve when we talk about sports. Okay, I like this. This is good. This is like a new yeah. flip and scratch energy. Cool. <laughs> anyway, we're talking Steve about... Steve was my other self. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. What is Steve? Was your... what... Tell me about your other self. I was going to say, I used to live in Wrigleyville, which was right by Wrigley Field, which was a fucking nightmare. It was, it was so, it was so, uh, anytime I got a, a Lyft home or an Uber home or a cab home, the driver would go, whoa, I love the Cubs, but I can never live this close. And I'm like, yeah, I know it sucks. <laughs> uh, just like Doppler effect, any, any, any band playing at Wrigley Field, which is usually Eddie Vedder for some reason, Doppler effect <laughs> Eddie Vedder creeping into my apartment, the lights of the field creeping into my apartment, Cubs fans everywhere my street would get blocked off whenever there was a game uh world series win in 2016 exciting i'll give you that but just a game against like the brewers you don't need to stop traffic for that okay (laughs) anyway so i think steve was like to 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 for me to not lose my mind i had to create a persona of myself as a huge baseball fan and that was steve yeah i do i do think the game we're talking about here um, really does solve all of your baseball problems by instead of taking place <laughs> in, in a physical space that could interrupt your daily yeah. life and the traffic around you and cause you to create a new alternate persona for yourself. This game takes place in the immaterial plane. It has all the same things that baseball has, just is in a, is in a different uh non-comporeal spot uh this is a game called blaze ball which like i think some people maybe would argue is not a game i would argue that it is a game but it's 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 called blaze ball it's the word baseball with an l after the b um i've heard it pronounced a lot of ways blase ball but there's no accent on the e Mm. so i don't think that that's it um i've also heard blaze ball with like a hard z which i do like i think that's good that's very final fantasy that's like the blitz ball evolution yeah um, I'm, I, I love baseball so much. I checked it out a couple of weeks ago, I think like two or three weeks ago initially and like had an interesting time with it and kind of bounced off of it. Like not, I, I wouldn't say bounce off of it, but like, I, I was like, Oh, this I is bounced off of it. I bounced off of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> 
Um, Sorry. I, I checked it out and I was like, this is interesting. I see why people like it, but it's really not for me because I'm not a huge fan of baseball. So like, I don't understand why I would really like baseball too much. And, and I, I just kind of like moved on. Um, but then I started seeing more and more tweets about it, uh, which is really what, what sucked me in. There were some things that were starting to happen in, in the game of baseball, which I will describe momentarily that, that were leaning so far into like, cosmic horror and and just like irreverence that i really felt like i needed to understand what was happening here because it's so extremely my shit and i will describe why sorry i'm watching the the news ticker in baseball go by and right now it says we have eaten infinity collective peanuts and then the next thing says you see in all these birds <laughs> uh, anyway so baseball. The whole deal is you log on to this website, it's blaseball.com, you create an account, and the first thing they ask you to do is to choose a team. Uh, and there are, I think, I want to say 20 teams. Yeah, 5, 10, 15. Yeah, there's 20 teams, and they're split up into two leagues. It's very much like like standard baseball, there, except there's, instead of the East and West Division, you have the Good League and the Evil League, and those are split up into <laughs> subdivisions, which are, in the Good League, there's the Lawful Good Division, and then there's the Chaotic Good Division, and then in the Evil League, there's the Lawful Evil and Chaotic Evil Division. And you're picking one of the 20 teams from any of these divisions, and you can choose whatever team you want. It's not based on where you live. You can you can kind of do whatever. So, New York City has one that's called the New York Millennials, and their their tagline is "The Youth Will Save Us." Um, there's another <laughs> one that are uh, they're called the uh, Canada Moist Talkers, and their tagline is "Spray it, don't say it." There's another one called the Charleston Sh- uh, Shoe Thieves, and their tagline is "Your kicks are my kicks." Uh, and I, I ended up choosing um, one that I was very into. It's the Hawaii Fridays, and their their tagline is "It's Island Time." Um, which I will get very into. But um, yeah, so you pick one of these teams and essentially the way the game works is as soon as you load into the game and you choose a team, uh, there are games of baseball happening every hour on the hour. Every single team, all 20 teams are matched up and they're all playing a game of baseball every hour. And you are able to bet on those via coins. They, they start you out with, I think, 250 coins. Um, and you can bet and you can see the statistics. You can see like... Okay, uh, th- this team has a 64% chance of beating this team, essentially. You know, so like you can bet as many coins or as few coins as you want. You can bet no coins if you don't want to bet. And essentially, you're just watching these games play out by uh, a screen, like a, a small screen, like a little news ticker. It looks a lot like you went to ESPN.com and you're watching a game like on ESPN.com. You're not watching a video of a game. Uh, you're just literally watching like, okay, here's this team. Here's this team. Here's how many points each each team has. Here's who's pitching. Here's who's batting. Uh, and th- all the players have names on all these teams. They're, they're full player rosters, which I will also get into. They all have names. Uh, and then next to that is like, okay, here, here are all the bases. So you can see how many of the bases are occupied, uh, like in baseball. And then after that, uh, there is like a, a news feed that is showing you every couple seconds an update in the game. So this, this person is now up to bat. Uh, they hit a foul ball or they hit uh, a ball or they they are walking from, you know, base one to base two or this person stole this base or this person hit a grand slam. You're just seeing like text updates about what's going on in each game of baseball. And that was kind of like my beginning to end understanding of it when I started playing it. And that's kind of why I wrote it off was like, I don't really like baseball enough to really understand why this is like such a why this is becoming like a cultural phenomenon, essentially on the internet. And that was like pretty early days. But the thing that really pushed me over the edge, this was like really the thing that I wish I had known when I first checked it out, because it would I would have gotten much more invested or as invested as I am currently 
right in the beginning. Um, you can spend 100 coins, I think it is, or maybe it's 50 coins. Maybe it's even less than that. I'm not really sure. It's been a long time. But you, you, you spend a certain amount of coins to access what's known as the shop. And the shop has a bunch of things uh, available. Um, one of them is called High Roller Snake Oil. And and that's called, uh, or that is, uh, quote, this invigorating oil allows you to place larger wagers on each game. Uh, and it increases the amount of money that you can bet per game. Uh, there's another one called the Passive Income Potion, which makes it so every time your selected favorite team wins, you get a certain amount of coins just like dumped into your account. Uh, and you can continue to buy upgrades for these things, very much like an idle game or an incremental game, like Soda Dungeon 2, for example. So constantly, you, you can continue to upgrade this thing, so you just get more and more income passively as your team continues to win. Unfortunately, I picked the Hawaii Fridays, who do not have a great track record, so uh, <laughs> I, I tend to not get a lot of passive income, but it is nice when it happens. So those things make a lot of sense, and those make it a little bit more gamey, but then there's some other things. So there's another thing in, in the shop, it's called Peanuts. And it says, purchase a bucket of 100 peanuts, and it costs 1,000 coins, and, and there's no other explanation past that. I have no idea what happens when you buy peanuts. I don't know what you use peanuts for. Uh, it's just a thing that exists. But the most interesting thing, I would say, uh, there's also another thing called the Fairweather Flute that lets you change your favorite team if you want to. Um, but the most interesting thing in here is you can buy votes. You can buy tickets for votes. And those, I, I know this is a lot to like take in, but just like, please hear me out. You can use those votes in elections. So every season of baseball, which is one week, it's it's Sunday to Saturday and it ends Saturday night at midnight is when the last game starts and then ends. Um, at, the, uh, at, at, at the end of every season, uh, they will tally up all the votes and then choose either decrees, which will change the, the rules of baseball in like wild ways, or blessings, which will change your team. If you are the team that has the most votes for a certain blessing, your team will get that blessing. So, for example, just to talk about a blessing uh, and, and get that out of the way, there's a, there's a player on the roster of the Hawaii Fridays. His name is York Silk, and he's a six-year-old boy. And York <laughs> Silk was was a terrible batter. Uh, so pretty much everyone said, uh, everyone who is like a fan of the Hawaii Fridays was like, okay, we are all going to vote for... Uh, the gun blade bat and we're going to give it to York Silk if we win this. So the blessing essentially was give York Silk a bat that is like the gun blade from Final Fantasy that he uses <laughs> as a bat. And it makes it so anytime he is uh, up to bat, he has a huge chance of hitting a home run. Essentially. So now York Silk, one of the players for the Hawaii Fridays, has a gunblade bat and he's six years old and it fucking rules. It's awesome. Uh, there's there's some other ones right now. Uh, one of them is called anti-capitalism. And, and the, the description is your team will become fully anti-capitalist. And there's no explanation for what that means, <laughs> uh, which is very interesting. Uh, there's another one that's called exploratory surgeries, which uh, re-rolls your team's worst three pitchers. There's another one called go away. Send your team's worst pitcher to a random team. Receive a random player back. Things like that. So th these are things that will like very much change the dynamic of your team and how yeah. much of a chance they have to win. So like right now, the Hawaii Fridays don't have very many good pitchers. So a lot of people are saying vote for exploratory surgery so we can like hopefully re-roll some of these players that have better stats. Um, one of the biggest ones, one of the biggest blessings uh, that I think changed the game in like a pretty marked way was uh, the New York Millennials in the second season voted and won uh, the ability to uh, have four strikes for their team instead of three strikes. So anytime you're playing against the New York Millennials, you have to uh, get four strikes per player for them to be out, which is like... <laughs> 
a huge advantage for that team. Yeah. Huge yeah. advantage. Um, so those are the blessings, but then there are the decrees and the decrees are very interesting and they, they can change the game in like wild ways and some ways that we don't even understand yet. So for example, one of the decrees for this season, one of the things that you can vote on, um, and it'll actually be the next season by the time this episode comes out. So there will be new decrees and new blessings, but, uh, the decrees that I'm looking at currently, one of them is called blaze running, which means that any time one player steals a base, they are awarded 0.1 runs so you can have a score of like 4.5 because uh because you know some player stole the base you know five times throughout the course of the game which like really changes the dynamic of like what stealing bases means uh and 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 just like how games are scored which i think is really interesting um there's another one that's called eat the rich which is redistribute the funds from the top one percent of fans at the end of each season down to everybody else so you'll just like get a percentage i voted of, for that uh, one the, yeah <laughs> they do that. That's great. Uh, and there's another one right now that's called interviews, and it just says in all caps, "Get to know the players," which I like obviously is going to be the one. Yeah. That <laughs> everyone's going to vote for that because that is like the most fascinating thing. I mean, yeah. that's going to be like absolutely wild. Um, so the the big thing and the reason that I think this game like really stands out to me is there's like an eldritch horror side of things that I wasn't really <laughs> anticipating that has become really incredible. So last season, one of the decrees, I would say it holds the same spot as interviews this season. So like interviews, get to know the players is kind of uh, just the like obvious pick for people who just like want to see this game's lore kind of like filled out a little bit more. Last season, one of the decrees was open the book. And then the the uh, the description was just open the forbidden book. And that was it. That was all we had. We just knew that there was a book and that it was forbidden to open it. And everybody voted for it. So the book opens up and now there's a new tab in this in this website that's called book. When you click on it, it's called the Book of Blaseball. And it's a rule book. It's an official rule book for Blaseball. And almost all of it is redacted. So you just get like snippets of little pieces of rules here and there. Uh, so for example... The first rule here, uh, section 1A, says each season of baseball shall last 99 games. In the case of redacted, seasons shall redacted. And that's the rule. That's as much as we know. Uh, uh, 1B is every day of baseball shall last one redacted hour. Things like that. Um, but we do have interesting and full rules that do exist in here. So, for example, uh, section 4I of the Forbidden Book is uh, the shame phase. If the home team scores the winning run in the bottom of the final inning, the away team must complete the game in shame despite being mathematically eliminated. So essentially, any time you get to the end of the game and the home team scores the winning run and, and the away team has no chance of winning, they have to complete the game. And instead of showing the inning, it'll change to the word shame. And everyone in the Discord, which is, I think is an important part of this, there's a Discord for baseball, like an official one. Um, everyone in the Discord in the watch party will just start like spamming the word shame over and over again. Uh, it becomes like this huge cultural event anytime there's a shame phase that happens. And it's <laughs> thrilling. Um so one of the things that happened, and, and I think the, the most important thing, um, is that when the book of Blaseball was open, it was a forbidden book, it introduced different weather conditions to the different games. Um, so when you're betting on games, you can see the percentage of like, okay, this team will probably beat this team because their pitcher is better than this pitcher. And like, 
whatever. I don't know. The, the, some of the batters are better than the other ones. York Silk has a gunblade bat, and you have to count that into the percentage, things like that. <laughs> you know, the, all these things you have to like consider when placing your bets. But now you also have to consider the weather conditions. So when when the book opened up, we entered what's known as the discipline era. And apparently the gods of baseball are upset at us, the fans, for opening the forbidden book. So what they've decided to do is introduce this new weather condition that's the solar eclipse. So if you're playing a game that has a solar eclipse, essentially what will happen is the, the umpire's eyes will glow red. And at any moment during any game, they could decide to just incinerate one of the players on the team. Oh, my God. They just they just burn up and turn into ash and they're replaced with a new player. Um, the commissioner for baseball, which is a Twitter account you can follow, and they're doing a great job just in general, but also on Twitter. Um, anytime one of the players is incinerated, the baseball commissioner will tweet out like, uh, rest in peace to this person. They died suddenly. They will never acknowledge the fact that the umpire has incinerated this person. Um, they're, I, I believe that they're trying to hide what's actually happening in baseball. I think that I think that they are. Uh, in cahoots with the baseball gods or something like that. But anyway, we are being disciplined for opening the book of or the forbidden book, the book of baseball, which is wild. So what that means is like your team could win a game. And at the last second, and I've seen this happen at the last second, your star player can be incinerated uh, and then replaced with someone who is just fucking terrible. <laughs> it happens over <laughs> and over again. Um, so I have one quick question. I, I played a bit of it. Please, not, please not ask as me as, as many you. questions as you want. I just, I just said a lot of nonsense. No, no, so no. Like, no. Say, ask me whatever. Um, I guess in terms of just how the game is like, and maybe this is something we don't know, but like, I, I, I had, I, I chose the team. I'm the Kansas City Breathments, just for the record. Um, who are Great also team. in the good league. Yeah, they're kind of in the middle of the pack right now, but um, they are lawful good. Uh, anyway, yeah. I, I chose the team i did a little bit of shopping ate a few peanuts and i watched a game uh i watched the millennials and the tigers uh, i bet on the tigers yeah anyway i got a sense watching the game happen and it really is like you just sort of see text as the game progresses with like the the balls and the strikes and the outs you know all the stats are kind of displayed in like a grid yeah is that kind of like is there just like code that's set up there so it kind of plays itself randomly each week or like is it you know like when an empire disintegrates someone like is that just added to the logic of the game playing itself or is there someone like really actively working on this and changing it from behind the scenes? I think that one of the interesting things about baseball is that I can't answer that definitively. <laughs> but I what I would guess what I would guess is that mostly, uh, mostly it is it is stats based and it is playing itself in the background, yeah. which is why I would consider this to be an idle game or an incremental game. Right. I I think so. From what I understand, I haven't actually seen this. I I know that this is a thing that's floating around, but somebody at one point like did hack in or something like found out the actual stats of all the players, and the stats were not like this is their percentage chance to hit things. This was their percentage chance to whatever. Their their stats are like. Like attack defense, uh, they have an anti-capitalism score, uh, things like that. Which like nobody really knows how those map to standard baseball things, right? So like the current assumption is that the anti-capitalism stat links to uh, how likely they are to try and steal a base, uh, which is very funny. Um, but like nobody knows for sure what any of those stats actually mean or how they, how they add up to make people better pitchers or batters or like outfielders or whatever, you know? 
Yeah. Um, so there's that side of things. On the other side of things, this game has like exploded in popularity in the past week in particular. A lot of like it's gotten a lot of podcast coverage. It's gotten a lot of articles written about it. Like a lot of people are pl- are playing and watching baseball currently because and we can get into this later. But like it's just the kind of the perfect game to have right now, especially like if you work from home or whatever. Like it's really great to just have a tab open in the background. And like I said, with Soda Dungeon, you kind of just have to check it like once every once in a while. Right. Like once an hour, maybe if you're like intense about it, but like not really. Anyway, the game has exploded in popularity, which means that their servers are like really struggling. Uh, they're they're having a lot of 502 like bad gateway errors, which just means like the whole site goes down because there's so many people trying to access it that it just like can't run. Um, they do have a Patreon. It's worth noting. I'll link to the, to their Patreon in in the Discord, or not in the Discord, in uh, the show notes for this um, because I think it's worth backing because it's amazing and I just want them to have all the resources they need to keep this up. But what they what they've been doing is anytime the game goes down. The, they're kind of like folding that into the lore and the narrative of the game <laughs> where the baseball commissioner will tweet out siesta time, which just means that like everybody has to stop playing baseball for a bit. Like that's the rule, <laughs> essentially, is anytime so many people try and access it, that the server shuts down. That means it's siesta time, which means that like everybody takes an hour or two off from the season, um, which I think is really great. I think it's really yeah. fun. And every once in a while. When the game comes back, it'll be a giant animated spinning peanut that will say, like, nightmarish things. Um, it'll say, like, like I was everything and you wasted me. You know, things like that. Um, or, like, I am the alpha and the omega. Uh, or, like, you are not worthy of me. Things like that. Um, which actually it's worth noting. There's another weather condition that's just called peanuts, which means that peanuts are constantly flying from the stands into the, into the, uh, <laughs> Pitch? What are they called? The baseball field? I guess the baseball field. Whatever. Uh, uh, peanuts yeah. are constantly flying in there. And uh, every player has a stat that says if they're allergic to peanuts or not. So if they get hit by a peanut and they're allergic to it, it's possible they might die on the field and then have to get replaced also. Um, the other weather condition at the moment is uh, just called lots of birds. And that makes it so as the games are playing along every once in a while, instead of being updated with like this person hit or this person pitched this or whatever, it'll just say, man, there's a lot of birds on this field or like, oh, boy, that's a lot of birds. Or what are we going to do with all these birds? And that just extends the game time way longer <laughs> than ever. Um, there's one of the I think the most interesting things about this game. Um, and there's a really great article on Polygon that I'll link to about this. Um, essentially, just like everybody in the Discord, which is a really, really, really great community. I would highly recommend joining it because it has so amplified my love of this, especially being part of the Hawaii Fridays who have like the most fucking chill Discord server like ever or the Discord <laughs> channel because you can join the like channel specifically for your team. Everybody in the Hawaii Fridays thing like are just role playing as like extremely chill people on island time <laughs> um, which rules so like even if the Hawaii Fridays lose everybody's like yeah cool man good game like nice <laughs> yeah it's really great um, but anyway the, the discord uh, is really just like running with creating lore for all these players right like the game itself isn't actually saying that York Silk is, uh, York Silk is a six-year-old who has the gunblade bat all they're saying is like you this character this person that we randomly generated um, has won the blessing of the gunblade bat. It's it's the Discord and the people playing the game and the fans of the Hawaii Fridays who have decided when York Silk got added to the team, like, this is a six-year-old boy. Uh, his mom signed him up for this league because she thought it would, like, build character, you know? And there's, like, a whole Wikipedia page that has been built about <laughs> York Silk and his, and his growth and the things that have happened to him. 
Um, and, and things like this keep happening where there are like giant cultural events that continue to happen in baseball over and over again. So like recently, there was a really wild one where there was a game that was running super long. It was in like the 15th or 16th inning uh, because it had the lots of birds weather conditions. So it was running really long. And on top of that, the, ga- the teams were so evenly matched that it just kept going into extra innings over and over and over again. And it got to the point where it was almost coming up on the hour. Each game of baseball starts on the hour. So people were like, what happens if a game runs for longer than 60 minutes? And like a minute or two before that was going to happen, one of the teams hit a grand slam and immediately baseball shut down. It, it had like a 502 error uh, and baseball shut down. And when it came back like a couple minutes later, the Grand Slam was gone. It had reverted to a state before that. And now this has become this like big kind of almost like religious moment that everybody refers to as the Grand Unslam uh, <laughs> that is like talked about frequently in the discord as like people are just trying to figure out what happened with the Grand Unslam. Like, did the baseball gods des- think that we didn't deserve to see something as spectacular as a Grand Slam, especially in the like 18th inning of a game? Was it literally just that like the servers couldn't handle a game going for longer than 60 minutes? There are like a lot of things and a lot of theories. But the thing is, and, and I think the beauty of this of this uh, game is just like the fandom has run with it and kind of like, yeah, taken it and turned it into their own thing. And they're creating all of this lore outside of the game. And it seems like the developers of it, um, who's named i forget oh they're called the game band is is the developer of this game it seems like they're just leaning into it and they're just allowing the player base to kind of turn it into whatever they want and what it's turned into is like just kind of a really wholesome and like wild time where like people are creating rivalries left and right and like just kind of having fun with that people are inventing all of these like weird characters um i i wish i could remember the names of these characters but there was uh, i think it was the hellmouth sunbeams lost a player uh to an umpire who incinerated them and then they were replaced with somebody else in the same game and in that game the umpire also incinerated that person and then that person got replaced with with another player who had the same name as the first player who got incinerated but their last name was woodman so they were so pretty much the fandom was like okay this person just got rebuilt as like a Woodman robot who looks exactly <laughs> like Woodman from Mega Man. Um, things like that just like continue to happen left and right. And like you could see some of it and you could miss all of it because of like what team you're a part of. Right. Like the Hellmouth Sunbeams Discord channel, I'm sure has a completely different vibe than the stuff I'm seeing in the Hawaii Fridays Discord channel. And all that really does is recreate that feeling of like being a fan of a team of a real sports team right like at the end of the day what it's really doing is like embedding you in the culture of for me the hawaii fridays like i love that vibe and i never want to change teams even though the fridays lose all the fucking time i don't really care because like it's a it's chill it's a chill vibe (laughs) it's fun uh it it fits my mo and and i feel as invested in the hawaii fridays as everybody else in that channel and and I am invested in those players and it sucks to see them get incinerated. But like, that's what we deserve for opening the forbidden book. And that's the kind of shit that I think baseball is uh, or makes baseball so interesting. And to me, as somebody who plays a shitload of idle games, and I've talked about this a lot on the show, um, I, I just always have at least one or two on my phone at any given time. This is in the same way Fall Guys has taken the Battle Royale genre and made something markedly different, something really unique and really creative and really interesting, saying we're not just going to be 100 people jump out of a plane and land on an island, shoot the fuck out of each other. 
uh, we're going to be something that's more akin to like a, an American Ninja Warrior or a Guts or a Wipeout. Blazeball is taking the idea of an idol game and making it a massive cultural event. They have forced it into the zeitgeist by making something that is so weird that people can't help but try and figure it out. The brilliance of it, though, is that you have the same, the same, like, really, uh, like, wild fervor for each of these games. When you bet a hundred coins on a game that is like a 50 50 split in, 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 in terms of it's like, what team is going to win? What team is going to come out on top? And you join the Discord and you're in the watch party, which has no restrictions on how many uh, posts or how many times you can post at any given time. So it's just a flood of people talking about all 10 games simultaneously. But you're like really zeroed in on the one that you bet everything you had on. Those moments are thrilling. Like those yeah. moments are actually the closest I've ever gotten to feeling like I'm a fan of sports and understanding what that's like in a real way. Um, not that I've, not that I haven't like gone to a game and like rooted for a team, but like investing yourself, even though it's this fake currency, investing yourself into a game and then watching it along with the like thousands of other people in the discord is a really like thrilling and exciting experience that I, I think makes this to me, um, one of the best games of the year. Like to me, this is very much in contention for like Goatee 2020 list. It is it is such a fun time and it will only get better as it gets bigger and as they start like rolling out new features and adding new things like the forbidden book is like one of the funniest things I've seen (laughs) in a video game in a long time. Reading through some of this redacted shit is so wildly funny. Um, But on top of that, like they're now adding potentially if people enough people vote for it, they're now adding player interviews. Like what is, how is that going to show yeah, up? I was going to, how I is was, that going to appear in the game? I was thinking about like when you're talking about how a lot of fans have added character to the players. I wonder if they'll roll into established characters or if they'll kind of, you know, reinvent some of them. Um, we'll yeah. see what happens. I, I have a feeling that they're going to, I, there, there are some people in the discord who have said that they're nervous that adding, player interviews will remove that fan aspect of creating those characters. And I think that the developers know that. And I think that if we get player interviews, they're going to be really fucking weird. They're going to be (laughs) like so left field that we're going to have, like, I don't think you and I could sit here and guess for an hour and figure out what it's going to be, you know? Yeah, Um, totally. I, I, I am, I'm so fascinated to see how that materializes. I could see it being a situation where, like, at the end of a game, you just, like, a- ask one of the players, like, okay, how do, how do you think that game went, you know? And they just open their mouth and peanuts fall out, and, like, that's the whole thing, you know? Like, <laughs> that could be what player interviews are. It's probably not going to be that, yeah. but, like, that is, that is the level of what this could be. I think the whole game and the whole, like, vibe of it is a real, to me, a really funny blend of, like, very mundane and very high fantasy, you know? Like, like it's like, when you're on Blazeball's website, it's so kind of immediately boring that, like, the sucker punch of it is the Lovecraftian stuff, you know? Like, when you sign up, like, the, qu- the, the game box quotes, if you will, on the, like, front page of the website are, like, a giant waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. They're all kind of <laughs> negative quotes. Uh, and then you choose a team and you, you don't really know why. It's it's so funny to me that like that has that like uh it has that blend of of like very minimalist kind of mundane mundanity and then the the high fantasy stuff. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at uh the rule book right now 
And uh, section five is called blank and you. And so we don't know what the blank is or, you know, it's redacted. <laughs> uh, but, but, but section five B uh, is one of the only bits that is completely unredacted. And it says, if a team wins three championships, they and baseball shall ascend. Wow. What the, f- what the fuck could that possibly mean? <laughs> you know, like everybody has been like yeah. dying to see three championships or like one team win three championships. But then there are other sections. So like, Section 5F um, is a huge paragraph, but Section 5F just says sunglasses redacted. And then it's a huge paragraph that's redacted. Like, what on earth? I do think that all of these things, I do think this is actually written. And some of this, if unredacted, would actually tell you how this game is being played in the background. I do think some of this will actually tell you the rules of baseball that, like, we don't even understand yet. Yeah. Um, which I think is thrilling. Because we don't even know if it's, it's so being good. played like baseball is. You know, like we see the stats, but it's not even yeah. evident that like it is progressing like a game of baseball does. Um, right. Uh, that's so <laughs> funny. Do you know anything about the the Kansas City Breathmans or no? I'm curious about my team. Do I'll I know anything about them? Yeah. Like any of the any of the people on it or the fans or whatever. Uh, No. It, so their their tagline is fresh breath. Here we come. <laughs> that's what sold me personally the excerpt from the fandom said uh the kansas city breathments are a baseball team in the lawful good division of the good league they have been part of the baseball league since season one their home stadium is in an open meadow on the outskirts of town somewhat <laughs> unusually the breathments do not have genuine pitchers on their roster i don't know what that suggests <laughs> <laughs> that we don't have pitchers? Uh, so I, I have the site open. The next sentence okay. is, all of their pitchers are actually batters who decided to help out on the mound. The fans think that's just great. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, this is this is awesome. Uh, fans of the Breathmints, collectively known as the Minty Way, are known for their love of statistical analysis, fan fiction, tolerance, and of their star mince hitter, Boyfriend Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i chose the right team this is great yeah our boyfriend's that's back. the thing i think I, I don't think you can choose the wrong team i think every team has something like this you know i i i'm just i'm thrilled by baseball i don't even know what else to say about it outside of like i do think here's the thing i'll, I'll say this much actually this is maybe like a good way to wrap up this segment and and talking about baseball I think the the secret to understanding it and getting into it is picking any team. It doesn't really matter. Pick whatever team you want. Um, unlock the shop immediately and then go find the Discord. The link to the Discord is just on the Blazeball website when you log in. I think you scroll to the top right. Yeah, it's on the top right. There's the there's the link to the, their Discord and then there's the link to the Blazeball commissioner who's doing a great job on Twitter. Um, so you can follow them. Um, join the Discord. Join the channel for your team, bet a a shitload of coins on any game, and then just join the watch party and just like watch a game of baseball like in real time. I bet you, like me, will have a moment halfway into a game where you realize that you're way more invested than you think. I've had moments where I'm sitting there and I've bet on a game and I just sit back and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to watch this game of baseball. And then suddenly I'm sitting on my chair with like both of my feet below me and I'm like hunched over the screen (laughs) watching these text (laughs) updates second by second mortified at what's happening you know like oh my god suddenly there are a shitload of birds in the stadium 
Uh, and that means the game's going to run real long and I'm going to be stuck in this stressful nightmare for, you know, another 15 minutes, potentially. It is worth noting the games actually do take like a half an hour to 40 minutes, just about like they do take a long time to play out. So a lot of this game will just be like a place a bunch of bets, set it and forget it situation. But every once in a while, you do really like get super hyper invested in this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I two two things to say. One, I think the last time I've seen this kind of like phenomena that was this weird as well was uh twitch plays pokemon where like that was this kind of like chaotic experiment that people were adding lore to left and right as it played out uh also i i clicked on the link to boyfriend monreal of the kansas city breathments kind of share some of the stuff i've learned in the last few moments yeah please (laughs) okay so i'll read the beginning paragraph and then i'll just sum it up Uh, boyfriend monreal is a beloved omnisexual batter for the kansas city breath mints they are known for their many eyes their impossible charm and their wise and knowledge in the ways of love i just love how their many eyes is thrown in you know like amidst like other (laughs) relatable things uh and it, it basically says that monreal was dating the Kansas City Fresh Dome, but after their breakup, they decided to move the field to an open meadow. So that's why the Breathmans play in an open meadow is because there was a really bad breakup between the stadium and Boyfriend. Since then, Boyfriend is technically... Yeah, uh, Boyfriend is also currently engaged in a profound emotional relationship with every fan of the Breathmans who wishes to be in a relationship with them. They are collectively our Boyfriend. So funny. I love Oh my this. god. I love Boyfriend Monreal. Yeah. If if Boyfriend is ever incinerated by the Empire, I am pissed. People are going to lose their minds if that happens. Yeah. The, yeah. The, that's the thing about this game is like every single team has this kind of stuff in it. You know, like uh, I'm on yeah. the Hawaii Fridays one right now. Um, the Hawaii Fridays are a baseball team in the chaotic good division of the good league. They are an inaugural member of the ILB, which is the inter- uh, Internet League Baseball. Officially recognized as the most chill team, they frequently arrive late to games as they are always on island time. <laughs> That's great. Uh, here's, the, here's the vibes section of the Hawaii Fridays page. The Fridays are blessed slash cursed by Our Lady of Perpetual Friday. For the Fridays, it is always island time. Players cannot feel the passage of time, nor experience fear, despair, or elation. Anything besides a heightened feeling of chill. No matter the temperature, the Fridays experience the weather as a cool 70-something degrees with a pleasant ocean breeze. The smell of pit oven smoke lingers around them. They are fun at parties. Uh, I love that we collectively chose, like, the chill nerds of the of the division, you know? Like, that's so funny to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm really excited. One of, my, one of my favorite bits of the Hawaii Fridays is that everybody yells TGIF whenever they win <laughs> or, like, if anything exciting happens. <laughs> Just really fun. That, that's so good. I'm I'm really because I I wanted to. I wasn't sure if I was going to check this out because I didn't like. I didn't grasp honestly. Like you kept you kept just talking about it as if it was real baseball. Like we would be in a PlayStation party. You'd be like, "Oh, the Fridays are doing pretty well." Like in nothing else. And I'm like, in, internally, <laughs> like Brendan, what the fuck are you talking about? What's happened to you? Uh, and then I eventually checked it out and like did get a glimpse of all the stuff you said. I think I had the experience you had initially where I didn't bounce from it, but I didn't know, like, I thought it was like funny, but I didn't know how deep it went. And now that I do, even in this conversation, I find myself more invested knowing that boyfriend is there is like all I needed to, to, and, and really as I'm hearing all this creativity, this like 
<laughs> really bizarre but inviting energy. I can't wait to see people run like D and D campaigns in this world. Like there's so much already that I feel like someone out there is going to run a baseball campaign one day, and it's going to be great. Yeah, uh, very excited to see that happen. Uh, you would you would be uh, maybe elated to find that the it already happened sponsor for this season and I and I think next season of baseball are friends at the table. Oh no way! Uh, the, that's awesome. The like D and D podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think they posted an episode that's like a special like sports edition of of Friends at the Table, which I haven't listened to yet. But like it might be that it might yeah. literally be that. What does it mean exactly to be a sponsor of baseball? Like, are they just like funding it or or what's like the? I think I think they just funded like the server costs for the. Gotcha. For a couple seasons, if gotcha. I had to guess. Cool. Yeah, I, I did. See, I did see that, and I wasn't sure, like, because <laughs> the line of like what is real and not on that on that website. I'm like, wait, this is like too tangible to really exist. So that that is the case. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad. I'm glad that you are. I, I guess having that experience, having heard me just kind of like ramble on about it, because my my fear with this game in particular is like if you were to land on blazeball.com with not just having heard about it, but without the context of like what's actually really special about it, I think it would be really easy to just dismiss and move on to the next thing. But like when you have that experience of being on the wiki and clicking through any of the players' names and reading their description, like that's when you really start to invest yourself in it and like start to really experience what makes baseball really fucking interesting, which is a combination of like just enough tidbits from the developers to be like tantalizing and then mountains of creativity from the fandom turning it into something way bigger than i think it like ever would have or could have been but like it's all by design i think is what's really special about it like it's very much by design from the game band the developers turning it into something that that is so irreverent and so wild that people can't help but like need to figure it out even if that means writing the fiction themselves you know yeah exactly i i just i i looked at another glance at um at the roster for the Breathmints, and there's a person in rotation named Polka Dot Zavala. I just had to give that a quick Google. Uh, not too much on them yet, though, so we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, the, the hey, look, man, the, the fiction is not fully written yet, you know? <laughs> it, it could be you. You could go in there and, and figure out Polka Dot Zavala's whole shtick. Oh, you know? well, here we go. <laughs> Zavala began their baseball career as the shadow of Polka Dot Patterson, who was playing for the Breathmints. <laughs> because <laughs> they their name is polka dots of all and they have half a star uh okay interesting whoa okay so as such zavala was forced to inhabit the shed skin of patterson in order to continue playing for the breathman so never mind there is fiction here polka dot zavala is the shadow of polka dot patterson uh who was transferred to the baltimore crabs and now they are wearing their skin <laughs> to play for the oh my god <laughs> uh. Well, baseball. It's real. It's really incredible. <laughs> it's it's I'm just amazed. Like, uh, yeah, what a what a what an experience. It's so it's so Here's a question I, for you. Did you play where the cards fall? The Apple Arcade game? I did not. No, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I didn't know what it was either. But it was it was one of the launch Apple Arcade games. And that was the first game this developer made. Oh, it was like no just way. a very standard like puzzle adventure game for Apple Arcade. And then the next thing is. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny when like there's no inkling of this chaos in their previous actions. Then suddenly 
but I mean, it sounds it's a very I think I think that's the the positive side of this. It's a very collaborative experience. It seems like, and that's also the beauty of sports. Like that's like why I think a lot of people follow sports is that sense of community. You know, like yeah, my my uh, roommate in college was a big Giants fan, and he would walk out in his Giants jersey, and people would just like say hi, and and they would talk about stuff. I'm like, that would never happen to me if I wore a Star Fox T-shirt. No one would be like, oh yeah, your Pepe's cool, huh? <laughs> uh, you know, like there's there there's something really magical about that, and like this is even more ethereal because like you're inventing it, but it is like. Weirdly, I think you alluded to this earlier, it is getting at the the core of, I think, why a lot of people follow sports to begin with. You know, this this idea of, like, uh, celebrity with the players, this, this appeal of, like, just choosing your team and rooting for them no matter what. Literally, no matter what, as the reality of this game changes. Like, it may not even be the same thing in a few weeks. I, I think that's really interesting. And is a testament to, I think, like, what you can do with an incremental game, as you said before. Yeah. Yeah, I really I, I feel like it's it's the evolution of that as a genre. Like it, it is it is definitely doing a lot of the same things that a lot of incremental games are doing. But this this like collective multiplayer experience like really is, I think. And, and the storytelling side of things is like so new and fresh. Not that there haven't been multiplayer idol games before. Not that there haven't been narrative idol games before. Both of those have been done. But to blend them all into something like this uh, it is really fascinating. And to have the game come constantly changing uh, as people are voting for different blessings and decrees and changing the rules like whenever they want, um, I think is like really, really, really special and really interesting. I think it's also a testament to role playing and the kind of like really precious balance of a game giving you just enough to intrigue you, like literally naming a character polka dot and that being enough intrigue for you to fill in the blanks yourself. I think that's something we talk about a lot with like, Weirdly, the Elder Scrolls series, especially the older ones, where like there, there's a lot of lore in that in those games, and you're being told a lot. But a lot of the experience is very quiet and is very like uh, you having your own experience, maybe you filling in the gaps for who your character is. And I think like that's something that that is that I find really compelling about RPGs in general. And I think weirdly, baseball is like appealing to that side of, of the gaming experience as well as like literally role playing by like just filling in the giant blanks here uh, with, with like a, a lore that I'm definitely going to spend more time after this recording looking into because <laughs> I am so intrigued. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at, at the time of this recording, uh, we're in between seasons. I think actually by the time we're done recording, the new season will begin uh, and all the votes will be tallied and all the blessings and decrees will be handed out. So that'll be like really interesting. It's possible that by the time we're done recording, we might actually know what interviews are, uh, which I'm really excited to find out. So if that's the case, we will definitely do an update. And I, I'm definitely going to be keeping up with baseball. I could see this being like a recurring yeah. mini segment on the show. It's just like, I was gonna say, is, this, is this the new living a little? <laughs> yeah, it might be. Um, I, I just I love baseball a lot. And I, I am glad that it is turning into what it's turning into and it's getting bigger. Um, and I just hope that like they have the funds they need to keep the servers up and make it keep happening because it does crash frequently at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah. Same with the uh, Fall Guys, weirdly, a connection there. They're just too popular. Yeah. Fall Guys, yeah. Fall Guys, I was having a lot of technical issues with. And I don't mind them literally at all because the game is so fun. And I, I feel the same way about Blazeball. Yeah. And the fact that Blazeball, the, the developers of Blazeball have figured out a way to fold the game crashing into its lore and narrative is just like incredible. Just a really <laughs> great, like, think on your toes, turn a negative into a positive situation. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. 
That's our sports episode. <laughs> In the case of baseball, it's called excited. sports. Sport. That's what they call it. Sports awesome. episode. Yeah. Speaking of sports, I am really excited still for a sports story to come out later this year. Oh, if it still me too. Is. Uh, wow. To golf story, but we didn't even talk about the PlayStation event and all the stuff they announced there. But there's some really good stuff in that. Uh, we can talk about it maybe oh, next yeah. week. Um, the big one being Spelunky Two having a release date of next month, which I think is like I don't think that's that could be timed any better. Deal. Yeah, it's a, it's a, that's like your ascension basically. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited for Splunky <laughs> 2. I'm a little bit nervous about it, but I'm mostly excited about it. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that once it comes out. It's in September, right? September 15th. Wow, there it is. Uh, Libra season? Maybe Scorpio? I think Libra. <laughs> Balance, baby. Yeah. All right, Let, uh, you want to wrap up? Yeah, let's wrap BB? up. Cool. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we, we have a great time making this show as always. Episode 101, officially uh, uh, a new digit has been added to to our show. Thank you, the gods of baseball. Um, if you like the show, the best way to help it grow is share it with a friend who you also think might like it. Reviewing us on Apple Podcasts is also really helpful. But honestly, uh, you know, we're just, we're happy anyone listens and enjoys it. We have a Patreon. Uh, link is in the show notes. Uh, same thing every week. If, if backing the Patreon puts you in any financial strain, please don't. We will not take it personally. The Patreon exists to help the show grow, not to maintain the show. So the show will always exist, but we can do more, uh, with more support. And thank you to our generous patrons. Uh, you know who you are, uh, and your name is, uh, listed somewhere, right? In the show notes. It's in the show notes. Yeah. (laughs) I do kind of, I'll say it. I'll, I miss the long list, but you know, maybe we'll do that on special occasions. I also kind of miss the long list. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's basically it. We've got uh, an Instagram. You can follow us there. It's all the episode art, which has been fun to kind of catalog. The episode art, it's also worth reminding. This used to be a Patreon feature, but now it's available for everyone. There's a Google Drive link, I think, in the show notes. That's like just all the episode art and also as wallpapers, if you want any of that. Um, it's, it is yeah. available. I um, think that is still in the show notes. If not, it'll be in the show notes of this one. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically it do you have anything else to add brendan no no i'm all good i i yeah am excited to watch more baseball i mean i have to drive for a long time so i'm gonna miss the opening of of season three four four season four of baseball but uh it does feel a little evil i know there's a good and evil league but the whole thing feels a little evil but i'm intrigued that's part of the charm uh, i think the fact that it feels yeah. a little evil. like you know i i wonder what's after the discipline era i mean evil in a very purposeful and funny way yeah i mean um, we're we are at the point where umpires are randomly incinerated their eyes are turning red and they're incinerating players at random and having no memory of doing so so like there's definitely an evil part of this we opened what's <laughs> called the forbidden book yeah oh man uh yeah so fall guys and baseball hope you enjoy them um <laughs> yeah I guess that's it for me. Uh, Brendan, where can people find you? They can find me. Um, I don't know. I've been driving a lot recently, but the best way to find me is probably twitter.com slash Brendan Bigley. You can find me in the open meadow where the Breathmints play. Uh, and if I'm not there, uh, it's at Stephen Hilger. Yeah. Cool. Have a good week, everyone. And you have a good week, Stephen. Have a great week. Thank you, Brendan. You too. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> See you later. Take me out to the baseball, take me out to the sky. I want to watch all these pitchers turn into dust by the Empire's eye. Baseball is the game of gods and
TWG, the worst garbage dot online.